The Spanish Announce Table. 310 episodes deep, Tom, of the Spanish Announce Table. Whew, do you think we'd make it this far? No. No. It's no. Ten. Ten tops. I honestly thought we'd probably get six episodes, six weeks, and then I was like, okay, let's we're we're done with this. Probably when most people think we should have just stopped anyway. Well, remember, actually, we had a good run up to a hundred episodes. Then we started pissing people off. Remember, we got a cake. Justin gave us a Reese's peanut butter cup, so we had a good run. It's true. Dustin Kaufman, yeah, they they. You know, him and his wife, they baked us a cake, or his wife did, I think, at the time. Uh, Dustin Kaufman, also owner of the Comedy Club of Kansas City, uh, made the news here locally, was giving out uh, free dinners to folks who, you know, if you needed help with dinner or if you had nowhere to go, uh, they were socially distanced, you know what I mean? Like, uh, active restaurant, you know, they were doing the traditional Thanksgiving uh, feast, so good for him, right? He had a, a, a good service he was doing for the community there, a friend of the show. But uh, speaking of the Thanksgiving, that was yesterday. We normally record on Thursdays. You were ready to go. Uh, I was ready. unable, right? Committed to the family stuff going on over here. So, uh, Tom, what, it's Friday. How was your Thanksgiving? You know, it was a little stressful. So the typical tra- uh, traditional hanging out with my side of the family on uh, Thanksgiving went by as expected. No big hiccups. You know, you show up, you have a good uh, lunch, it was. Um enjoy some football, enjoy the uh, national dog show. We watched some game shows as well. Then we went home. Then uh, for Friday, I made a pork shoulder, the pork butt, which fun fact, it's not a butt, it's the shoulder. Uh, I was making that for Emily's side of the family. And that cook takes about eight hours Right. Mm -hmm. And so what ended up happening is I started the cook and I was like, oh, I'm fine. And because I've done not so many, but I've been doing a lot lately, I'm kind of getting into that phase of like, I know what to do. Right. Step one to step two to step three. We're done. Well, I kind of skipped a step because I was just so, oh, yeah, it'll be fine. Didn't check my wood pellets because I have a wood pellet fire grill and my wood pellets were close to zero. So at 930 at night on Thanksgiving night, I am driving around the entire Kansas City metro hoping to find one, a store that was open and two, a store that sold the wood pellets. And I did not have that luxury. So what did I, what I ended up doing is I just said, fuck it. So luckily I got really, really, uh, fortunate in this situation my recipe calls for a pork shoulder of eight pounds my pork shoulder was four pounds which means i could cut the cut time or the cook time in half so actually it worked out perfect thank goodness because i was fucked if i had an eight pound yeah you know um you know you could have just came out to the ranch i don't know if we got the right kind of tree in here but you could have got some wood pellets out here you could have just came out and just chopped up some wood I tell you what, though, if anyone is a novice or interested in grilling and is looking into getting a grill, the Traeger, I cannot speak more highly of this Traeger grill. I should be a spokesperson. They should be sponsoring this show, honestly. Reach out to um, them. Eh? Eh? Yeah. Reach out to I tell them. you what, you. this is, this. it makes me, f- people think that I'm a good cook now and they want me to cook for them. It's incredible. Here's the idea, Tom. Here's the idea, Tom. 
uh, I, I just signed us up. I'm not live with it yet, but uh, we have an Amazon affiliate link, right, which you can find at SpanishNounceTable.net, the newly redesigned SpanishNounceTable.net. Uh, there's an Amazon affiliate page where social media influencers can post product reviews and stuff like that, videos like that, and sales thereby. So maybe we'll set you up. You'll do a there Spanish Announce Table grilling sesh. Oh, easy. Uh, I will Ooh. eat it. And then, you know, we'll try to sell these grills online. We'll hey, get rich. Can we, we will get hey, rich. Right. We'll get well, rich. We won't. Yeah, we'll we get like won't. We'll DiBiase but, rich. Well, yeah, fake rich where we take money from poor yeah, people because right, yeah, of fraud. Right, right, Anyhow. Yeah. Um, That's Trump rich. What did I say? What did I say? Yeah. Yeah, right. Apples to apples. Same Pro thing. wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Same, same, same. No, but we should do that because you know what? I have a really good smoked queso recipe. Spits mm. with the Spanish like announce queso table. And oh, like that's smokes. a good idea. Let's do that. Let's do a fun episode of that. Look at that. Let's just workshop some uh, some ideas on air. So We'll sell some grills. Yeah, there you go. So anyhow, that was my Thanksgiving. Pretty uh, cut and dry, except we did have the scare. I know why you why skipped that? a step. Because you that? were thinking about this podcast. And I don't blame you, man. Mm. Uh, this podcast is going to be great. We've got a lot of good stuff to talk about. We do. And we actually have a lot of great content. So uh, as Tim mentioned, visit SpanishDownSable.net. Uh, I put out a new uh, TikTok video of the three best kings in WWE, WWF history. So check that out. Let me know what you think. Uh, we're putting out content there. Uh, we're also putting out content on Twitter, we've got some polls that we're going to read to you uh, throughout this podcast episode. Uh, so, yeah, check out our website for all the links to all the fun social media. But let's get started with our favorite weekly show, AEW Dynamite. You want to yeah. do a quick recap for our yeah, Thanksgiving it. Day episode? All right. So we had AEW Dynamite kick off with a singles match. Hangman Adam Page taking on the Dark Order uh john silver four or john silver john four silver i don't know where we're calling him but it was a fun match uh hangman adam page gets the win tim what did you think of this opening contest so i from the very start i like john silver i don't like john silver in the dark order this is not a dark order if they're a jokester group uh, that's yuck yucking it up in the back, right? And then I really don't want Hangman Adam Page involved at all with a group of Santinos. I don't, I'm not, I don't want that going on either. So I don't know what that's about. So I'm a little concerned. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Hangman Adam Page gets the victory using the Buckshot Lariat. Post match, though, uh, Evil Uno, not Mr. Brody Lee, Evil Uno tries to recruit Hangman Adam Page to the Dark Order, says, you know, uh, if you're trying to leave a group and they don't let you, that sounds like a cult to me, which I did like that line in that point. Cause he said, I was That's trying to leave the elite. Yeah. What is right. Um, so I did like that aspect of trying to get him to buy into the dark order. Yeah. But to your point, I hangman Adam page is bigger than the, the, than the dark order. Unless hangman Adam page feuds with Brody Lee, there should be no real affiliation. My hope is that maybe this flirtation from Hangman Adam Page gets the attention of the Young Bucks and then that rekindles their friendship, something to that extent where they're like, hey, 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 I know we're not good, but don't do that. No, let's talk it out, you know. And then we get a a six-man tag of Hangman Adam Page taking on, you know, 10 John Silver and Brody Lee, something like that. I I would be okay with that. 
Uh, but I agree with you. I don't necessarily want Hangman Adam Page to be another foot soldier. It was cool when they did it with Colt Cabana, but then that's kind of went the way of just week in, week out, uh, rinse, repeat, where Colt Cabana just Whoa. is this, you know, uh, he doesn't necessarily know what's going on kind of thing. Like, that's getting old. How is he not the jokester of the group if they've gone into a high school prankster group? Like, what the fuck are we talking about? I don't get it. They've made no sense of this storyline at all. Yeah, it's getting a little convoluted. Uh, yeah, Colt Cabana had some high hopes for that scene where he would go, but then it's kind of just been he plays and along. Colt Cabana. And that's that's great, but he's just playing along as if he doesn't know what's happening, and that you can only do that for so many weeks until you have to pull the trigger and say like, "Do you know what the fuck's going on, or are you a part of this?" You know what I'm saying? So, by the way, do you ever think you do you ever wonder why the term is dark order there, Colt? Right, exactly. By the way, before we go any farther with um, uh, the recap of AW Dynamite, uh, describe to me your background for the YouTube listeners. You can see you're in a special area. Where are you? I'm just hanging out in a ballroom uh, with some friends of mine. Mm-hmm. I thought yeah, that was the, uh, the ECW arena. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a... Uh, uh, or Hammerstein uh, ballroom, that's what I should correct, say. Correct, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hang out in a ballroom with some of my rowdy friends, right? We like to get down with all my rowdy friends uh, here in the Hammerstein ballroom. Yeah, I'm on the road again, uh, coming out. We're going to watch a show. Uh, word is somebody's going to get hung up on a cross, I guess? I, mean, I hopped in the Spanish announce time machine. I like to bounce around, you know? Oh, um, is Kurt Angle there? Yeah. Uh, there's somebody famous is here. Wow. Somebody famous is here. Wow. Yeah. I like it. Well, yeah. tell everyone I said hello, and hopefully they all social distance. Doesn't look like it from uh Well, so the background. Time COVID isn't here, right? I, maybe oh, I'm bringing well, it to yeah. them. Maybe yeah, I'm maybe. bringing it to them. Maybe I am. Accelerate this, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. no. Um, so, yeah, for the audio-only listeners, we'd love to have you. You are our bread and butter. We You are our foundation, our rock, but- if you like to see what's going on here, if you like to see where I'm at, if you like to see some of the funny faces Tom makes when he's angry, which he will get angry. I promise you All tonight the time. he's going to get angry. All the time. Uh, then check us out on the YouTube show. Again, uh, the SpanishAnnounceTable.net. We did redesign that a little bit, and it's up. It's fresh, it's hot, it's new, but that's got all of the links you're going to need. If you want to find the YouTube, you want to find the podcast subscription, you want to find our shop, you want to find our Amazon affiliate link, right? you want to find our donate button, which you can donate to us. Uh, you know, all that stuff's up there, SpanishNounceTable.net, including the YouTube. Check us out. Uh, Tom, uh, looks like you got a fresh haircut, looking clean, looking fresh. On, I'm hanging Ooh. out in the ballroom. Ooh. It's a good mm. time it's had by all. But what we're here to do is talk about, I got everybody to stay quiet for a while here at the ballroom, which is a rough task. Let me tell you, these people are a Mission little accomplished. These people Mission are a little accomplished. testy. Um, let's get back to the AEW recap. They don't know what AEW is, so nobody wants to talk about that. That makes sense. I get it. Hey, so the next match, post uh, Will Hangman join or not, uh, we got to see uh, Will Hobbs, but the debut of Powerhouse Hobbs. And before we get into the match recap, I do want to ask you, Tim, what do you think of the name, the new name Powerhouse Hobbs? Are you a fan or no? I am, because it's way cooler than just Will Hobbs. Like I'm, I, I like Powerhouse Hobbs um, because I think it, I like it because we did know it was Will Hobbs. Right, if you introduce the guy as powerhouse Hobbs, I might be a little bit like, "What a dork!" Right, um, but now I'm like, "Oh, that's better." <laughs> like, like you know, so I kind of I like that, and it's he plays the role, right? Here comes oh, the powerhouse Hobbs. Oh yeah, yeah, I like it. I'm a fan. We'll see how well they use it. 
I think I'm a fan of Will Powerhouse Hobbs, you know, very similar to how Hunter Hearst Helmsley or Triple H was then known as the game. You know, you could say the game Triple H or the game Hunter Hearst Helmsley. I like Powerhouse as a nickname of the wrestling nickname, if that makes sense. But uh, we did a we did a poll on our Spanish announce table uh, at Table Show on Twitter, uh, split right down the middle, 50-50. I said, uh, are you a fan of the new name Powerhouse Hobbs? Uh, 50% said yes. 50% said no. I think I think uh, the Nasty Boys would have had a much better career if he would have went with Powerhouse Knobs. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. Nasty Boys would have had a better house. career if they had better physiques, too. They could have lasted longer, you know? Look they had like, talent. Uh, yeah, look like goddamn loaves of bread out there trying to do tag team wrestling. Anyhow, uh, Powerhouse Hobbs took on Lee Johnson. He gets the essentially um, squash match victory, but then post-match, let's get into it. This is, this is in my opinion, the highlight of the show. Uh, Taz was on commentary, putting over Powerhouse Hobbs. Powerhouse Hobbs looked like a million dollars, gets the victory. We're all doing great. Taz grabs a microphone, paraphrasing here, uh, says to the crowd and to the executives at AEW, hey, you assholes, I have this FTW championship. It's time that you motherfuckers take this serious. And if you don't take it serious, I'm not leaving this ring. He gets so upset. Will Will Hobbs, Powerhouse Hobbs, actually leaves the ring because Taz says, I got some business that doesn't necessarily uh, need you here. So, you know, great job, but you can rest up a little the bit. bricks. Yeah. Well, yeah, in the nicest way possible. It wasn't right. a yeah. heel turn on Powerhouse, but showers. it was a, it was a, this is an yeah. executive promo here. So I need the, I need the whole ring to myself. Right. Anyhow, he just shit talks how AEW is not taking him serious or the belt serious. It has a lineage going back to ECW at the Hammerstein Ballroom where you're currently at. Uh, And it brings out Cody. Cody does the whole, this is a real thing to me. He's on headset, takes off the headset, comes into the ring. And this is where it gets good, right? Now we're getting a, hey, to, to make you happy, Taz, next week, it'll be me and, and Darby Allen taking on Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks. And Taz is like, mm, fuck off. Like, that's not good enough. That's not where this ends. Take this belt serious. And then Cody drops a hammer on fucking Taz's head and says, hey, if this is, you know, this belt has such great lineage and you're just this awesome pro wrestler and this awesome pro wrestler teacher, why is your fucking kid training at my school? And Taz, whoo, that's when he said, you've crossed the line, motherfucker. Now, I don't know if he said motherfucker, but he got in his face and said, you crossed the line. They didn't go on mics to say this. They went off mic. It was face to face. Highly uncomfortable. Cody does the number one thing you're not supposed to do, turns his back on Taz, and we get to see the Taz mission that we haven't seen probably since 2002, I would assume. Because, uh, again, we don't fact check. Taz chokes out Cody. He then powders out as people come to break it up. What did you think of this incredible segment? Uh, Man, they were firing on all cylinders. Uh, whatever they tapped into... Uh, man, it felt like they wanted to fucking like. It felt like Taz was gonna murder him. It and really as he felt should. like he was gonna shank him with a pin in his neck. Because this, this is an interesting storyline because both men have valid points, right? Because Cody's right. saying, "Hey, 
cool, Taz. We love you here. Have whatever fucking belt you want. Like, but we have real belts. Yeah, you it's brought the, it from your house, dude. Like, yeah, we're not we have real belts here. It's the world championship. It's the TNT championship, tag champs, women's championship. It's not this fucking thing. Taz on his it's side is like, right. But Taz on his, to his side is saying, look, we want to add credibility to a new company. You know what adds credibility? A title that has lineage before this company even fucking existed. Where do you go? Right. Both sides have valid points. But then this is the part that I found interesting. The baby face breaks the fourth wall and says, why is your kid training in my school? If you're supposed to be so fucking good, that's not something you cheer. Right. So what do we do? What happens here? What do you think happens? I mean, I, I mean, I think we're going to get, you know, this nightmare family versus FTW feud is, is where this ultimately goes. I think it'll leave us wanting a little more. But I don't know, you know, because I don't think, I think maybe Cody gets the FTW title for a while as like a little ha-ha, and then, you know what I mean, something happens, you know, maybe one of the do Nightmare we, family turns on him. Maybe that's Dustin what I'm saying. joins the FTW. Or do we just, because one other quick detail about this segment is at the very end, Hook, which I don't know if that's his wrestling name or his real shoot name, uh, Hook grabs the FTW championship and leaves with Taz. So Taz's son leaves with him after this segment ends. So do we see almost not like a who's the father kind of thing, but where does your allegiance lie? And this all becomes around the son or do we see teen Taz almost take a baby face? Look, it's us against the world. These motherfuckers never wanted us. See how they're treating us. And then the nightmare family's like, yeah, fuck you. We've got all the power. We got all the money. We're the fucking best. Shut up. Like, we have some yeah. angles we can go here, so I'm very We're interested. One of pro wrestling's royal families, you're not. Exactly. So I, I like where this is going. This is a good eye-catching segment, a very fun promo. Cody does these really well. Go back, yeah. if, if you rewind a couple weeks ago when uh, um, the lady interrupted him. I can't remember her name off the top of my head. Cantrell? What's her first Jade name? Cargill. Jade Cargill. Jade Cargill. Yeah. Not even close. Nailed it. Uh, but when Jade interrupted him, he does the like, I'm an executive. Everyone calm down. We're good. We're good here. Oh, fuck. We're not good here. Then something happens. You know, he does that really well. And he did it again in this segment as uh, on top of that last one. I'm interested. Winter is coming next week. The, this, I don't know, special event for AW Dynamite. I don't know what winter is coming. Uh, my wife tells me it has something to do with Game of Thrones. I never watched that, but apparently not has something single. to do with that. I don't think I've seen a trailer. I don't think I've seen a snippet. I don't think I've seen like a Tonight Show where they showed a clip. None of it, and I have zero interest. No, I, I anyway. Oh, you're right. No, I feel the same yeah. way because fantasy gets a little bit far fetched for me. I do remember walking in as my wife was watching a scene, and their two characters were kissing. And I was like, "Who are they?" And then she described that they were brother and sister. And I was like, "I'm fucking out. You don't have to make that up." Nope. You don't have yeah, to don't make have to up make incest. Up. It's not accurate. It's not factual. You don't have to write that in. You don't have you don't to do have it. To make that up. Yeah. You so don't have I'm to out. Make that up. That's a <laughs> yep. weird storyline. Yeah. Why did you do that? I'm out. Sorry. Bye bye. So anyhow. Uh, so anyway. So so Katie Vick. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah. What? Let's, let's move on. Right. Yeah. So then we got uh, two weeks in a row. This is being the second week of that two weeks. We saw Top Flight, 
They took on the Hybrid 2. This was a fun match. The Hybrid 2 picks up the victory after a submission over Top Flight. Uh, I don't know necessarily where this is going to, you know, lead to post-match. We did see um, Top Flight getting the boots taken to him and Young Bucks comes out and saves him. I don't know. This is Big Brother, Little little Brother, where the Young Bucks kind of look after Top Flight until they get their feet underneath them. It was a good match for what it was. I don't know if it was if I was the target audience for this segment. I didn't feel like that either. Um, again, you know, we've discussed our, you know, nah, this, this is not our cup of tea. This kind of wrestling, mm-hmm. um, but I could say, again, Top Flight is. It's like I said last week. They're good for their position in wrestling. What I see, like, yeah, for these guys' age, how long they've been doing this, they're good. They can hold their own. They're in there with top names and don't look out of place, but I don't see anything that's like, oh my God, you guys gotta, you gotta see this, man. I can't believe these guys are the next big thing. I I don't see anything like that. Um, It's cool. I just, man, the tag team division, they just keep adding to this swollen. We're going to need a mid card tag team titles, which I don't know. Has anybody done that? Uh, I think new Japan pro wrestling. Don't they have the juniors? They have the junior something. I don't know. Probably. But in U.S. television, I don't recall in my lifetime. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, let me clarify my statement with that because I agree with what you're saying where this wasn't my cup of tea. And for me, this wasn't the segment that was geared towards my type of wrestling. Uh, while I stand behind that statement, I also want to say, like, it didn't make me want to turn the channel. It was very good wrestling. It was just yeah. nothing made me invested. I understand. I, and I also will say it was it was refreshing to see, Hey, this, uh, brand new tag team on the scene already has a storyline. It's not just, and then they're in another match. It's like, well, why the fuck are they just wrestling? Like have something that they're doing here. So I will give them credit that at least it was the hybrid two who attacked them the week previous, uh, after their match with the young bucks here, we're getting the payoff. It was good. It made sense. It was coherent. So kudos to AEW for keeping a tag team on television, but it making sense and having some story built around all the flips. Next up was another tag team match. We had SCU taking on Chris Jericho and Jake Hager of the, uh, inner circle. First time ever. Chris Jericho and Christopher Daniels uh, were in a matchup together. What did you think about that? Just fun fact to the side. That was an insane stat to hear because they said it was nearly 60 years of combined wrestling Mm -hmm. experience and they've been in the same circles at times. They said, and they just, this is the first time that was kind of cool. It may little things like that can make you go, Oh, I should, I should watch this right now. Cause normally I might've been like, yeah, okay. What? doing this over here also Mm -hmm. but that made me kind of clue into the start of this um i like that this was cool i mean seu talk about the fountain of youth old dudes right like the dads who can ball and stuff like that Mm -hmm. at the gym uh these guys what have they figured out are they are they drinking baby blood or something what's going on here these guys are like they don't stop yeah they're incredible uh if if you were to just put them uh, you, you know, you know how you could do like the creative characters and the moves, but it just shows you like a computer simulation. Like if they were the ones that had all the dots on them, they look like top flight. I mean, maybe not to the extent of their athleticism, but they're doing all the same moves and they've been doing all the same moves for 30 years. It's just 
astronomical how and they they don't look as old as they are either like frankie kazarian looks like he could still be making like box office movies if he wasn't a terrible actor but like yeah he's just gosh yeah Yeah. it was really good the other part about this match that i really liked is now we got to see almost the inner circle feel nwo-esque where it Mm. was just so many people ringside so you had ortiz and mjf and wardlow and santana and sammy guevara it was like is this the new fucking nwo just like taking over because you said you were we talked about this i think last week or week before when you were like hey okay this is jumping the shark you got to give me a reason to think like why are you a dominant group now why Mm -hmm. are you and this was it what are you gonna do when every side of the ring's got two dudes hanging out on it like to beat you up what are you gonna do it's a lumberjack match every time you go up against anybody in the inner circle. Yeah, and that this is yes, this is exactly what I was looking for is okay, you're doing the Vegas trips, you're doing the town halls, you're doing the singing in a dinner uh setting, all of that stuff. Awesome, cool, cool, cool. But I also have to know why you're this top flight no pun intended, top flight uh, heel faction in AEW. And this, again, like you said, proves it. We saw MJF use his diamond ring to knock, I think it was uh, Christopher Daniels in the face. You still had fucking, lo- like, their nuclear option was Wardlow, who didn't even really get involved, which was, he was just like, I can fuck anyone up here. Don't believe me, motherfuckers. And it's like, God damn. If, Sa- if you can't get past Sammy Guevara, blah, fucking Wardlow's next. No way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this was good to show that, again, the inner circle is that group. Watch out. Uh, I liked it. This was really good. Post-match, we did see a backstage interview where uh, Chris Jericho announced that he will be taking on Kazarian next week for the Winter is Coming uh, AW uh, Dynamite episode, which is going to be fine, and it's going to be fun. Uh, one thing I did like is how MJF was yelling about something that uh, SCU did and he's like, who would ever do something like that? And you see Ortiz in the background, like, you? You would totally do that, you asshole. Like, he's still yeah, yeah. like, fuck he's like, that guy. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I like the little subtleties. Yeah. And again, that backstage promo had Hager and Wardlow not taking their eyes off of each other. They stay consistent with the details, and that still keeps me bought in on the inner circle. Well, that's the thing that makes things cool, because it's like, otherwise you'd be bored and tuning out. Mm-hmm. But when you're like, ha, ha, right, it's still, still these motherfuckers about to fuck it up, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, the big blow off when that comes, when it's some big match, some big four on four, five on five, something in there in the ring or something, and like, they're just going to like stare at each other and they're just going to fucking go at it, right? Jericho's going to have to break it up, like, what the fuck's wrong with you guys, right? Like, that's going to be fun. That is going to be fun. After this match and after that promo, again, we're not going uh, strictly chronological order, jumping around to where it makes sense, but we did get the uh, the contract signing part two of Kenny Omega and John Moxley, but before we got to the contract signing, uh, we did get a promo from Eddie Kingston just talking about what he has coming up in the main event, but that segment was finished with John Moxley just getting into the face of Eddie Kingston and Eddie Kingston going... You motherfucker, you know it wasn't me. You know exactly who did it. I got my own problems. Fucking go be the champ, champ. And John Moxley's like, okay. Essentially, that that stare-off yeah. was was just, right? It wasn't you? And it was like, it wasn't me. It was like, 
All right, then I definitely know who it was. Because it could have been Eddie Kingston, right? He did sure, have right. beef with him. The, made him say I quit, all of that stuff. Those feelings are still raw. Could have taken it wrong, right? Yeah. Exactly. Been. So I like that. I like that John Moxley was, you know, dotting his I's and crossing his T's where he was saying, like, I'm about to fuck Kenny Omega up. But before I do, I just want to make sure it wasn't you, right? right, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, right like, that was really cool. I like, like that. You know I kicked your ass when we're done, right? Like, it, he's like, yeah, man, fuck yeah, yeah. <laughs> We'll, we'll meet again right like right. Right, cool um and i like i the kenny omega uh was this about the same time when he did the alex marvez interview yes yes he did yeah. the alex marvez interview which ended with the most classic bullshit line of all time of yeah your dad's pretty tough i bet you yeah. my dad could kick your dad's ass what in the fuck is that all about i love it, it. Me, I, I popped so hard for that that was so fun because like the whole his whole promo, you know, promo interview segment, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, was going great. I was like, this is good. This is some of the best, again, that I've seen Omega on AWTV. And then, like, he's leaving, and I was like, that was really good. That was really good. And then he comes back and lays that, and I was like, okay, that's that's fucking fun. That's fun. That's something you would have told, you know what I mean? You would have made fun of somebody on this show. And I was like, all right, that's good. That's good. Yeah, and, and also the way he delivered it, too, because it wasn't a, hey, like this snot-nosed kid hiding behind, you know, Hager and Wardlow saying, like, I'll kick your ass. It was just a, hey, by the way, just by the way, before I leave, by the way, you I think your dad's your a pussy. Yeah, yeah, I think right. my dad can kick your dad's ass. I think he's a pussy. See ya. It was just, a, it was it was almost a throwaway line where he didn't even need to say it, but he just said it just to... Just to grind that in just a right. little bit more. The, like, yeah, you know, right before I go, I, I forgot to mention, you know, you, you yeah. said something about your dad. You know, what? You know, like that was heartwarming, but, you know, he seems, yeah. <laughs> God, yeah he's a so bitch. Good. I think he's yeah, a bitch. Yeah, I loved be, it. Yeah, it was a, it was a unique way to bring in the my dad could beat up your dad. It was yeah. so good. That was, that showed Very a lot Very well of, done. That showed a lot of like think like Kenny Omega, you know the the guy, right? Whatever his real name is, right? Had to sit mm-hmm. there and go like, all right, I'm gonna work in. You know, he talked about his dad. I'm gonna work in that my dad could beat his dad up. Here's yeah, how I'm gonna do it, and that's that's pristine. That's good stuff. Thought it was great. So then now we get to the segment of the contract signing part two. Uh, Kenny Omega getting again this long winded uh, intro with the cleaner girls. And in the silhouette, as we see Kenny Omega waiting to make his big entrance, we see John Moxley, I don't know, maybe doing two lines of Coke. He kind of did this weird thing where it looked like he snorted some Coke. He and then he, his, I think he did his. Nah, I like Coke better. I think I think I think two lines of Coke is a little bit better he for me to think of. He already did that before he showed up to the arena, Tom. He <laughs> lives on that stuff, right? He sprinkles it on his. Chasing the dragon. Chasing that dragon. So, yeah, he, John Moxley jumps him. I did like the silhouette of John Moxley standing behind Kenny Omega, then that brawling into the uh, ringside nice area. Touch. And John Moxley just puts the boots to him, takes him out, gives him the paradigm shift, and then cuts again another one of these promos where John Moxley's like, one day someone's going to beat me. It could be you. It's not going to be, but it could be. But guess what? Come with all your fucking uh, bullets because I'm coming with my best gun. And it was just, and I'm paraphrasing that obviously, but it was just this genuine, like, don't try to fucking jump me. Like, if you're going to jump me, finish the job. Now I'm fucking pissed. I'm going to beat the shit out of you this time around. 
You're right. There is a formula there, but it's a good formula if you can keep finding different ways to say it to different people, which he has so far, right? So mm-hmm. it hasn't felt like, okay, it isn't like a, and that's the bottom line. Right. <laughs> so uh, I like it. Uh, I like that it, that's his stance, right? That's kind of the Moxley character. And he's like, hey, look, I know like we're not winning everything, right? Like if some shit happens, somebody's going to nail me in the nuts once in a while and I'm not going to be able to answer the 10, you know what I mean? Like I'm going to lose mm-hmm. some of these, but like, it will not be because I didn't try to call your fucking eyeballs out yeah. on the way down. So right. let's go. <laughs> like, yeah, I like, I like that it. That about the Moxley character, yeah. Yeah, it was very relatable, very believable for someone in the championship uh, position that he's in where everyone's gunning for him and essentially telling Kenny Omega, hey, if you're not going to count the last uh, loss – to me because it was an extreme rules match or however they phrased it, then you're not going to beat me by this fucking bullshit. And yeah, it like, was just, well, he even it made me, me believe. He was like, cut out the garbage wrestling for once. I was like, whoa, what? That was like, that's a, ooh. Yeah. Like, that's a rough dig, like industry-wide to say. I was like, that's a, whoo. I was like, you might mm-hmm. get some heat for that promo. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I thought uh, the, the build for this, even though it seems quick because the match is next Wednesday night, uh, I feel with the reputation of both of these guys, it was the appropriate amount of time. And after this segment, I was bought in. John Moxley signs the contract, so now it's official. Next week, winter is coming. The main event for the AEW Championship. Champion John Moxley taking on number one contender Kenny Omega. I just, this match is going to be great. So it's next week. Tom, make a pick. It's going to be Kenny Omega. I it's think this is. I, I think this is the time where maybe John Moxley, uh, if we're peeking behind the curtain, and again, I don't believe in that Dave Meltzer stuff, but just he brought it to our attention that his wife is pregnant. I don't know how far along that is. Well, she's been on Twitter talking about like sore boobs and stuff. So, I mean, she's not like newly pregnant either, right? I right, don't, exactly. Again, don't so, know how long, but. Right. So, I can see this match and also. Take that aside, right? Peeking behind the curtain, I think maybe he's going to take some time off to be a father, right? Going to take some paternity leave what as he should. Right? <laughs> Jerk off. Be there for Dick. a child. Thing can't even fucking talk or work. You pro huh? wrestler or a dad? Jesus, yeah. dude. God. Pick one. No, congratulations. By all yeah, exactly. Means, yeah, by all to, means, to keep John on having those kids. Renee, right? Yep. Yeah. By all means, you have those kids. I won't. Good for you. Um, <laughs> but storyline wise, uh, I think, you know, as he keeps alluding to one of these days, someone's going to beat me and it may just be that I'm at the end of my line. I took on everyone. I took on Brody Lee. I took on Jake Hager. I took on, I won the belt from Chris Jericho, you know, all of these challengers, all of these, uh, top level talents. And eventually that was my day. And then I think we're, we need a heel champion again. We had Chris Jericho be the inner circle champion to establish the belt then we had john moxley as your everyday man to get everyone behind the belt and give it some prestige now i think we need the kenny omega holier than thou maybe that's a less than ideal uh description but that that i'm the fucking man here but i'm gonna cheat every time to win but i'm the fucking man here kind of kind of reign it's kind of like an early miz when he went with the I'm awesome guy, like right. where it was like, it was like, wait a minute, you're a scumbag. You mm-hmm. barely win. You shouldn't win. 
you know what I mean? But like you've got a killer move or two in here that'll put somebody out. You're not terrible. You know what I mean? Kenny Omega's got a little bit more cred behind him than the Miz did, but that kind of style of heel, right? That whole yeah. like sleaze ball, do everything but act like I'm just the mm-hmm. purest, you know what I mean, best in the world. Right. Well, very similar to what I think his championship reign could be is if you go back uh, a few years ago when Chris Jericho was the champion in WWE and he was that well-dressed in a suit and tie every time. He was doing the, like, of course I'm champion material. Look at me. But then every time he'd wrestle, like, you motherfucker, you hit him with a low blow, you dickhead you know so that's my prediction i got kenny omega i i assume you you agree with me there yeah of course of course you should agree with me everyone should agree with me yeah of course i mean i always agree with you tom yeah all right after the contract signing we got a world championship match where women's champion Sheeta took on dark order 99 anna j or anna 99 j i again i don't know how to fucking say these names uh, this was actually pretty good. I like the promo package leading into it. Got me to buy into it a little bit more. Um, I like the Tay Conti. I believe is how you say her name, uh, on the outside with the chair, her and Anna J they're best friends, but one's obviously a heel. One's obviously a baby face. Where does that go? Uh, it had some good, uh, tentacles to it. As they say, uh, right. I was a big fan of this match. Yeah, it was entertaining. Uh, the, the physicality was good. Uh, like you said, there was the little snippets of side stories going on. Um, like you said, well-rounded. Um, it, this is not the glaring hole as the women's division that it used to be. Uh, mm-hmm. as, it's as getting said, better. Over the last several weeks, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, also, post-match, this was another thing I was a big fan of, is as soon as Sheeta wins and she gets the championship, you see Tay Conti and Anna Jay leave together. So, again, where does that storyline go? Because Anna Jay could blame her for not giving her the chair that could have won her the championship, all of that stuff, right? Sheeta comes out, or Sheeta gets out of the ring with the championship. She's all good. And then I'm going to butcher this name because I'm still not a million percent certain on how to say it, but is it Abaddon? I think it's Abaddon. Yeah. She's a fucking, she looks like the girl from the ring. Doesn't she? Those scary so, movies? Yeah, so that's it. So with characters like this, right? Same thing when The Undertaker came out, right? And when, you know, Abyss and and whatever, right? Kane. I need a solid storyline to get behind it. Same reason we don't like Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Same reason we're not sci-fi guys. It's weird for me that Abaddon, this, like you said, looks like a character from The Ring, is just also a person that's just like, no, I want the title, so I'm just going to hit you when you're not looking. Well, wait a minute. Like, you, aren't you a tentacle girl? <laughs> like, with a, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Something's weird here. Like, it just, it's a weird storyline for me when there's not something backing it that's also kind of creepy and almost horror film ish, right? Which is hard to pull off throughout a whole career. So I, I always am leery about these kind of characters. Um, but yeah, I mean, here's, here's a new character in play. So that's of note. Yeah, and I will say credit to AEW for getting a character and putting that type of character in the women's division. You know, as we've talked about, Abyss, Kane, Mankind, Undertaker, those are all men. There's so few women outside of, I'm pretty. Shockmaster. Yeah, Shockmaster. Again, where's the Shockmaster in the women's division? Uh, But, like, it's always, I'm pretty, or I'm not pretty, or I'm this, or I'm this. And there's so there's not enough variety in women's pro wrestling for me to really go like, I like women's pro wrestling. Abaddon at least is a curveball in that 
Hey, I'm pretty. Well, I'm pretty too. Well, I'm a mean, pretty girl. Okay. Who the fuck cares? We're all saying the same fucking shit now. You know, uh, I did like how she kind of bled or spit up blood. I don't know what the fuck it was. Put that on that title. She'd have sold her ass off with being scared to her wits end. Great for her. That was an awesome job of selling to make Abaddon seem like a legit threat. Cause you could easily just take a girl crawling and like, what the, f-? like, like look at her and like, what the fuck is that? Kind of like put your foot on her forehead and just kind of push her back. Like, get out of here. Yeah. Hey dork. <laughs> Who's the nerd crawling? God, damn. I hope you don't get the Rona. Ugh. Right. Exactly. Uh, so it was cool. And at least we get something now to look forward to, to next week. Hopefully it happens next week, at least with the, some type of storyline, not a, necessarily a match, but We've got something to look forward to because usually Sheeta wins and Sheeta wins. You know, that's what usually has been happening. So (laughs) exactly. So uh, I will say credit to her and credit to the writing team for giving her something to do immediately post-match. All right. And now we get to our main event because, of course, the women have to go right before the main event each and every week on Dynamite. Uh, but in the main event, we got a tag team match, the butcher and the blade taking on Pac and Ray Phoenix. And then Eddie Kingston was again on commentary, uh, Pac and Ray Phoenix. I mean, every flip in the world, they can do 10 times with their eyes closed, butcher and the blade fucking scare me still. I like that. Uh, what did you think of this match? Um, does the blade eat any carbs? Mm-mm. You think he like. <laughs> Mm-mm. I don't. I don't think he eats carbs. I don't think he knows how to spell carbs. I think he likes weird sex and fucking protein. Well, the fucking protein is the weird sex. That there you go. Full circle. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the match, though. Again, you're talking about some of the most active, energetic, hard hitting folks in this company, let alone the business. Um, this match was bound to be good, right? Yeah, it was really good. Uh, it, it checked all the boxes for what you want in a main event uh, match to keep the audience uh, intrigued and staying tuned through commercial breaks, things of that nature. Uh, we did see post-match, well, first off, Butcher and the Blade beat Phoenix and Pac, uh, but then we saw post-match Lance Archer come to the aid of the Death Triangle. little weird there. What did you think of that? Interesting. Uh, I like it if Lance Archer is just going to take the stance of like, hey, anytime you two start fight, like, fuck off. It's about me. You just shut up. You get out. You get out. Somebody give me the fucking, like kind of what Taz was doing, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, albeit you have Taz doing that right now. So um, it's interesting. I, it's weird. Is there a bit more of a twist to try to start a fan likening of Lance Archer, Jake Roberts? Yeah, I would have, if I could have done this segment, if I was, uh, had the pen or the pencil, as they say, or whatever it is, uh, I would have said, do everything the same, but give Jake Roberts the microphone as he's walking out to give voice to why Lance Archer is doing this. So Lance Archer goes after Eddie Kingston commentary, tried to say they still have a beef going back to the battle Royale. Uh, that happened where Lance Archer and Eddie Kingston were one and two. And Eddie says he actually was never defeated. So that pisses off Lance Archer, yada, yada, yada. But have Jake Roberts say that to us and the audience where 
Eddie, you piece of shit. I'm, we're going to kick your ass wherever you go. We're going to be there with the fist in your face. Like have Jake Roberts give the story of why Lance Archer is there because Lance Archer clears the ring. Okay. Like you said, is this a baby face turn? you got Jake Roberts yelling back there. What the fuck is he saying? We don't know because we can't hear him. So I would have just had Jake Roberts give voice to Eddie, you son of a bitch. And then Eddie's like, God damn it. I got another person. I'm starting to enjoy uh, also the underlying tone of like everyone fucking hates Eddie Kingston. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Tony Schiavone and him. Oh, that's great. Money. I like that Tony Schiavone is just like, you know what? You're a dick. And you know what? We're going to talk about it. Like, you're an asshole. <laughs> well, and Eddie, Eddie, to his credit, one thing that I like about uh, him as a heel in AEW so far is he doesn't shy away from it. He's like, yeah. 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 Like when John Moxley was like, do you realize why you've done all these things? Why would you do such horrible things? And he's like, yeah, I do horrible things. It's to get to this spot. Dumb, dumb. Like he's never running away from the fact that he is this asshole that everyone thinks he is. That is a really cool attribute to his character, but I do enjoy this. Tony Giovanni on commentary calls him a dick. He's doing a backstage promo. John Moxley's making sure he didn't actually jump him because he thinks he's a dick. Obviously he has this beef with Pac And then Lance Archer comes in. It's like everyone fucking if hates anytime Eddie. Anytime something like somebody gets wronged, backstabbed, and there's a little bit of a whodunit, if they always were like, look at Eddie Kingston first, and he's like, no, oh, man. And like, I was out of town. And they're kind of like, yeah, you're probably, yeah. But I, yeah, I'm keeping my eye on you. But it was probably Crazy Steve over here or whatever the fuck, whoever they've got over yeah. there. Now, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every time there's a whodunit or every time. There's some type of, well, who would do this to me uh, during the match? You write out your like your top five suspects, and number three is always Eddie Kingston. No one <laughs> it could be it could be like a conspiracy storyline. Yeah, know? that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Britt Baker, remember when she was doing her conspiracy theory where it was like the whole everyone's against me? She could have wrote like Tony Khan number one, number two, Sheeta, number three, Eddie Kingston, number four, Nyla Rose. <laughs> like it's just like Eddie's always, always Eddie someone. Kingston. Yeah. Well, and he always understands. He's like, ah, it wasn't me, man. And like I, I know what you're thinking. Like I I, <laughs> I probably would, but I yeah. didn't need to. This time I, I was over at the supermarket getting some prosciutto, right? Like, right. He's yeah. Just like I'm not I was good. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. They need to start almost uh, you know, the opposite of everybody loves Raymond to everybody well, hates Eddie. And then if and then when he's like, nah, man, it wasn't me this time. I mean, I probably would, right? But I was at the store getting prosciutto. Like I say, he's like, but listen, if you need me to get him back, right? I'm Fifty bucks. Right. I, can go yeah. take him <laughs> I know where like, he stays. Geez. Christ, you're a scumbag. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Please do that. Yes. Right. That would be perfect. Yeah. That I just like that underlying tone where the sins of Eddie Kingston always comes to bite him in the ass. As soon as he thinks he has the upper hand on Pac, fucking Lance Archer comes back from his past and tries to kick his ass. It's just, it's just really cool storytelling. So uh, that was AEW Dynamite. We did run a poll on this as well. Uh, we said, what grade would you give tonight's AW? Uh, we gave A, B, C, or D. D got 0%. C got 7% of the vote. B got 14% of the vote. And overwhelmingly, 79% of the vote was A for what grade would you give AW Dynamite? 
I would agree with that too. I'd give it an A. I thought it was a good show, and I think uh, more people should vote in these polls at Table Show on Twitter. Yeah, and for AEW Dynamite episodes, we live tweet uh, during the episodes, so feel free to interact with us either using at Table Show or hashtag Tweet the Table. We check both. Uh, and let us know your any and every wrestling thought about Dynamite or anything else. Because uh, during this uh, time when we were live tweeting about AEW Dynamite, uh, came to my attention that Kevin Owens was doing the KO show on NXT. So we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but going back to AEW Dynamite, I would give this a B. I thought it was really good. But it, and to its credit, it did a great job getting me ready for next week's winter is coming. So you had the highlight for me of Taz putting the Taz mission on Cody. I'm a Taz Mark. So of course Eddie Kingston was on my television. So it's never going to be a bad episode when that happens. It actually happened twice. Uh, Kenny Omega, John Moxley was done really well. The subtlety of the inner circle is this real group that wants to fuck everyone up. I like that as well, but I think everything got me ready for this coming Wednesday with the title match Taz and Cody, what happens with that? So I would give this a B just because I think the A that I'm anticipating is going to happen next week for the winter is coming episode. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, as Tom mentioned, uh, we're at table show on Twitter. Use the hashtag tweet the table. Cause later uh, in the show, as we're going to do each week, we're going to read some of the best of those on the show. And I've got about 10 of them picked out, Tom, uh, to rapid fire through for you. Uh, no, and uh, and we've got an email for the show, too. Hey! You can also email tableshow at gmail.com. Everything else is branded some version of Spanish Nouns Table, but Table Show at Twitter, tableshow at gmail.com. Those are the first two things we started this show with seven some years ago. So, AW, though, man, yeah, I'm, you know, that was a good show, but what, what? We also had Survivor Series and some other raw stuff. We need to get into all that, huh? Yeah, so Survivor Series, you can check out on our YouTube channel. I did an instant reaction. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. This was, Survivor Series that is, was very pedestrian. I don't think anything yep. was bad. I don't think anything made me want to stop watching necessarily. But I'm not going to go back and watch anything. Maybe the Undertaker mm. stuff, just if just a, like a, of a wrap up of what Undertaker was, because that promo package was done really well. The promo package after uh, Vince McMahon, but before Undertaker, they do those better than anyone probably ever. So I might watch that again. But other than that, Survivor Series was very forgettable for me. I agree. And the Undertaker stuff. I'm going to swing here and get some heat, but I could have done without it. This is 10 years too late. Mm-hmm. Uh, it tops. I mean, it should have ended with the damn Triple H, Shawn Michaels storyline. That whole, you know, when they had their like four or five year run of stuff, should have ended there. Should have ended then at Brock Lesnar. Should have so many times. So it should have ended with the Roman. It shouldn't have been. He should have been beat by Brock Lesnar, and he should have maybe been beat by Roman Reigns or something, right? Like, if we knew we were building Reigns as the guy. But it, we saw it in his little, you know, documentary. He was chasing for the perfect moment and never found it, right? Because he set the bar too high for himself. And sorry, dude, that's what you're left with. And now you did this thing, and it's still kind of like, meh. We've got some tweet the tables about it. We'll get into that one probably a little more. But, I mean, the rest of the show... 
uh, just like you said, you know, nothing bad. Nothing was like, oh my god, this was a stinker. It just nothing yeah. was like this was amazing. Right. I, I think there were some good highlights that made me stay uh, invested in the show. New Day versus Street Profits was a good, you know, passing of the torch type match, I, I think. Uh, and that was very entertaining. You got to see the Street Profits get a clean victory over the New Day. That was okay. But yeah, there was no advancements of storylines unless unless you want to dive a little bit deeper into certain aspects. For example... You had Seth Rollins, and again, we're, we're recording this on a Friday yeah. night, so we're not seeing SmackDown currently, uh, so maybe this is being addressed, but Seth Rollins sacrificed himself for the match. I don't know why. Just, well, he why says you for just the t- greater good, and then they're all like, what? And then he like turns around and he yells it. I forget who, who, who it was. Was it Keith Lee? Or He was like, do your part, and they were like, Man, fuck it, and just yeah. beat him up, you know. Took it was the Sheamus. It, Sheamus gave him the bro kick. Yeah, yeah. Which you know, it makes sense because now he's gonna go in and have like a martyr, like a self martyr thing, probably. If I'm guessing, right? You know, yeah. Well, why didn't you just take a count out? Why did you have to get kicked in the face? That made zero sense. Because self martyr, right? Like yeah. I, you know, like uh, I like this clean sweep idea, mm-hmm. um, and I like that it was Jay Uso. Uh, at the end and just couldn't quite win and then later they're like you let us down he's like i I was (laughs) you know what i mean like what was i gonna do it was five on one and they're like if you can't fucking match up you're out of the family right like i love that i love that little nugget so yeah you're right there was moments that led to things it's just weird that this is supposed to be one of the big four quote unquote we've argued that it's lost its stature and Money in the Bank probably replaces it, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it just kind of felt like this was more of a transitional setup thing. Yeah, it felt almost in the way. It felt like they had storylines that were working and were moving towards something, and we said, stop, like a train. It just had to stop at this one station and then get everyone off, get everyone back on, and then let's take off on the train again. That's what Survivor Series felt like to me. It just was almost a sore thumb in the storytelling of all of these wrestlers. No one benefited, I don't think, from having Survivor Series. Maybe Roman Reigns, maybe they'll do this, I'm the champion of champions, head of the table because I beat Drew McIntyre, ain't I the well, yeah. best kind of thing. So but it, you know, made Jey Uso come back, you know what I mean? Like, once again, like, no, I'm going to fucking make this right, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Like, it, yes. Again, just kind of spinning the wheels on this. Um, I agree. Yeah, nothing else really stuck out to me on Survivor Series. I don't. Yeah, and and the Undertaker thing, I think, had good intentions. It was just clunky. So I actually enjoyed at the very start seeing all of these wrestlers come out because it made me go like, I didn't realize Booker T and Undertaker would be so close. Like those two in my mind had some really fun matches on SmackDown over the championship, things of that nature. But I didn't, I never knew peeking behind the curtain that they were close friends. I knew of the Godwins. I knew of Rikishi because of the, uh, I knew of Godfather because of the BSK group and all that. But yeah, there was people in there that I was like, really? Him and Shane, I wouldn't have thought. Like, I know, again, they had their WrestleMania Seeing match. Seeing the Godwins but... in 2020 was interesting. I was like, geez, look at these guys. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're still hanging on, literally. But then 
I thought you could have had the Undertaker interact with them. That would have been what I was looking forward to seeing. Who's he going to handshake with? Who's he going to hug? Who's he going to, you know, bust some chops with when he has the microphone and they're all around him? Not breaking character though. Well, but then, then, then why fucking do that? Well, from now on though, he's like, I think what he got at now is like, he's laying the Undertaker to rest ah fuck so, so we're getting mark now, calloway run now moving forward well just that well the, <laughs> nobody said the dead man retired or uh the, the american badass that's what nobody yeah. said the american badass retired right uh-huh. um uh no um i think when we see him in these moments in these hall of fames like he doesn't like he can now sit in the audience at the hall of fame as mark calloway give a speech He's not the dead man where he feels like he's got to be this mystique thing that he always strung. I feel like sometimes he just, you know, when we said like somebody believes a little too much in their own, mm-hmm. right? Which again, hey, look, the Undertaker is one of those people. I've said I've talked about this phenomenon a lot of times with folks like Tom Cruise. You know, the famous people that even famous people are like, holy shit, look who just walked in the room. Undertaker's that level in the pro wrestling industry. So, oh yeah, he's there's not a whole lot of like people telling him no. Or people telling him you look stupid in that shirt on the documentary. Uh, um, you know, yeah, you know, uh, Undertaker, you know, man, I, I, the whole thing just felt, oh, I was like, guys, you were really milking this again is what it felt like to me. Like we're milking this again. Again, we're uh, milking this. We're not even getting anything for it. Like you just going to stand in the ring. Like, why are we doing this again? Again. Again, Side we're going to do it again. This isn't it. We're oh, going to yeah. do it again. I swear to God, oh, we're yeah. going to do it again. Oh, yeah. Side note, though, uh, who did Kane lose a bet to to have to go out there in full gimmick? <laughs> Why was he the only one? <laughs> Why did he go out there in full gimmick? Was he ribbing the Undertaker? Well, He's like, no, but- the Undertaker goes in fucking full gimmick all the time. His brother's going to be in full gimmick. And maybe that's what it was because Undertaker went out in full gimmick and Kane would have been weird if, well, I guess you had corporate Kane, so he could have came out like that. But yeah, that was a weird spot for him as well. He's um, a fucking mayor. <laughs> yeah. God, Jesus. Uh, that guy's a mayor. Uh, politics are, do- are doomed. Anyhow. Rhino, um, right, no, Rhino didn't, I think, get office, right? He won this primary or something. But lost yeah, but he didn't win. Know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was Survivor Series. It happened. That that was it. As I mentioned, though, on NXT, you had Kevin Owens filling in on commentary, and we also got a KO show. I thought this was great. I think they need to do more of that kind of business for NXT. If you're going to say, because one thing they keep mentioning every single time when they talk about roster moves is if someone goes from NXT, they get called up to the main roster. So if this is going to be still, even though it's on USA network competing with AEW, your development league, the best parts of early NXT was Chris Jericho coming down and having a match with Bray Wyatt. Cesaro having a best two out of three falls with Sami Zayn. So get some of these main roster guys that are just spinning their wheels and have them do a KO show or whatever it is on NXT. Here's what I would have done too in that moment is you're doing the whole KO show. We're bad, you know, we're not gonna break down NXT step by step, but I, I love the whole gimmick, right? He's like, Oh man, Leon, God, you said his name. Like you're new to the business. I get it, you don't understand. You say somebody's name on one of these shows, they're gonna come out and he's like, one two I like that he was always wrong on the timing, right? Yeah. Like one, two, three. 
music hits. Oh, shit, I was a little <laughs> off, right? Like that. Um, and then he's like, no. And I even he was like, no, I'm just this chair isn't for you. Like when uh, whoever threw that one, uh, Gargano threw his out, and he's like, no, I just have a feeling, right? Because then yep. he calls out fucking Damian Priest. Um, but I like when when he the triple threat is called. I like that. Uh, I wish Kevin Owens would have been like, hey, since I'm here. Fade a four away, right? Like, why not? Like, I'll go for it. And they'll be like, yeah, right? Because, you know, he's not going to win the thing. But, like, now we're going to be like, oh, shit, Kevin Owens. Right? Well, and, and, and if you do that with heels, for example, let's take it over to the women's division. Let's say Billy Kay comes up with her own talk show. And then Billy Kay on SmackDown takes up this talk show. She does it. She does it. She does it. It's great. Then she could take it down to NXT. To your point, she can say, hey, these three women want to do uh, a triple threat match. Let's make it a four-way match. And then she can take the pinfall. You advance the storyline to where it goes from the belt went from this person to this person, but the three people, none of them had to take a loss because they're so scared that people would look soft. Yeah. So just have Billy Kay but fucking nobody lose the on match. SmackDown cares that Kevin Owens lost of, you know? Yeah, no yeah. one cares in that regard. So that's where you could have these storyline advances, but everyone looks great, and then you get another payoff and a pop with a match. Got- was I like when they were like, oh, if only we had our own version of Teddy Long. And yeah, like, William Regal. And then William Regal comes out and he throws in the player at the mm-hmm. end. Yeah, <laughs> that was, that a was nice great. Touch. It was yeah. a great touch. Although Teddy Long didn't make triple threat matches. He called for The Undertaker and he mm-hmm. called for tag matches. Tag I, team match. Exactly. Right. Yeah, well, a little, tag team match, right. And little detail one on one with The Undertaker. Yeah, that was that was his uh, two uh, two lines there. Um so NXT was really good. You got to see the Undisputed Era uh, again. You got Kyle O'Reilly uh, in that ladder match, which he was awesome. That was brutal. Pete Dunn and Kyle O'Reilly tried to murder each other. To the point that, again, Kevin Owens was giggling of how violent it was. <laughs> yeah. Pete Dunn. When, okay, so Pete Dunn and Kyle. When I heard it was those two, I was like, oh, holy fuck. Like this, they're going hard for this match, uh, and I like that uh, Undisputed Era didn't win this advantage match. They were undefeated in. Mm-hmm. Um, this is good. This match is going to be great. This War yeah. Games match with Pat McAfee involved and Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn is the <laughs> shit. Pete Dunn is so fucking good and just mean and nasty. And he also, you just look at him and you're like, oh, fuck, I don't want to like that guy. <laughs> but you do like, it's weird. Pete Dunn. Yeah. Pete Dunn is, fuck, got some, he's money, dude. Pete Dunn. <laughs> Pete I like Dunn. <laughs> fucking Pete Dunn. I forgot. <laughs> that, like, Pete Dunn, when he, when Pat McAfee brought him back in this thing, I was like, fucking, every time I see Pete Dunn, I'm like, that guy's going to fucking kill somebody on live TV and I'm going to watch it. Yes. <laughs> Pete Dunn. Pete fucking Dunn. <laughs> yeah. Hey. I love it. Pete Dunn. Uh, to yeah. ha- for, for as much as you love Pete Dunn transitioning out of NXT, uh, this week I loved Matt Riddle. I think mm. Matt Riddle is the best combination of in ring, I'm going to kick your ass, and then out of ring, almost breaks MVP. <laughs> Dude, that was so great. First of all, Pizza yogurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was so great. Yeah. And his, aw, like, yeah. MVP I'm not to your his bro. credit, man. <laughs> he literally was like, 
<laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> right? Like, so good. God, that was great. Yes. I'm. You're right. Raw's a better place for this Matt Riddle, Steve-O, pothead character. Yeah. And I'm here for it. Well, I want to he hear has- his pitch to the hurt business of all of his ideas. Like, I want a boardroom setting where they're sitting there in suits looking great. And he's in there in some flip-flops. And they're going to be like... What in the f- like MVP's gonna be tripping out about his flip flops the whole time? It's gonna be great television. I want to see that. that. Yeah, Matt Riddle it just does this so great because again he has credibility in ring. First off, his style is just lends himself to that hard nose Matt based style. And then if we're doing this as a shoot, we can look to his UFC career where he's really knocked some motherfuckers out. So it reminds me of Kurt Angle and the little cowboy hat where. Kurt Angle's doing the little cowboy hat or he dresses up as the undertaker with the sunglasses and the bandana shit. Or when he lost his hair and he was doing the wig with the wrestlers, um, uh, headgear and stuff. But then in ring, like you're not fucking up Kurt Angle and in ring, you're not going to fuck up Matt Riddle, but Matt Riddle just is this dopey, like to, you know, I know it was dopey for dope. And then also he's kind of, uh, a, a space cadet there, but it's just so funny. He has some of that. I think a great pairing for just a one-off, one of those special shows, a, a, a Royal Rumble. Yeah, a Royal Rumble. I just want to see R Truth and Matt Riddle in the ring together at the same time. They should be number one and two, where they're just like kind of tickling each other because they think it's funny. <laughs> you know, maybe R Truth again thinks it's a ladder match and Matt Riddle like is helping him hold the ladder and like climb up and there's nothing there. Like yeah, those two like, guys bro, would be what funny. Doing, bro? <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, R Truth is like, I thought this was a ladder match. Why wouldn't you help me? He's like, I thought I was, man. I didn't know what you were doing. Yeah, I and thought just, maybe you were trying to get a better view, bro. <laughs> Yeah, I just, Uh, he just, he just does this so well. And yeah, the moment of raw was the almost breaking of MVP because I thought he had it when he was just like, oh, yeah. He's great. He's I love Matt Riddle. So heartfelt. He's like, oh, well, because he's probably genuine. I don't think that was in. The, I don't think that was in the script. That's probably why it almost made MVP break because he was like, oh. I don't think anyone Uh, told Matt Riddle that he would say that. So that was a genuine reaction. Yeah. Uh, I like where they went with Lana soul survivor. We thought Lana was going to win, but this is kind of better. She's still just kind of hapless. Like, Oh, shucks me. I like what I want them to do with this, right? Where she's just like, Oh, I'm the soul survivor. Like, Oh, oops. This whole like, uh, championship match like opportunity came too soon right like it should have just been this like oh oops a few more of these like oops I'm here and everybody's like no you suck you're just lucky right and she gets her world title shot and she fucking crushes it she's like fucking hurricane Ron yeah I don't know what her skill set actually mm-hmm. is right like I wish this was all a ruse to have it be like oh fuck Lana's good now um, but I don't know that we're gonna get that so I don't know where no. they wind up with this I feel like it's just kind of like they got a wild idea and they don't know where they're gonna end so we'll see. Yeah, like, does she win the Royal Rumble? Royal Rumble's in January. That's not too far away. Could. Because, well, and again, uh, she may have a make good because if you flash back to last or two Royal Rumbles ago, she was the one injured that Becky Lynch ended up taking her spot. She actually never entered into that match. Is this now the payoff from from that moment two years ago? Where she says, hey, you assholes, I was never given that opportunity. You gave it to Becky Lynch on the drop of a hat because you wanted her in there. I want my opportunity, and I want to be 30. 
uh alexa bliss uh put this nikki cross thing to bed did she like like kind of played the whole like oh my god what's going on i'm sorry i didn't realize it what ah little ovarian delight yeah I, although i kind of feel like that may be too quick you know i feel like i feel as if where i wanted the storyline to go is to play more mind games with nikki cross where she did that during the match where the, I don't know what I'm doing. Have that, like take that out of a match and do that backstage where Nikki Cross is like, Hey, like, you know, hope. Right. Yeah. You're not Bray Wyatt's, you know, friend. You're my friend. And then Alexa bliss is like, yeah, of course. Hey, we should get dinner tonight. And then Nikki Cross gets in her car Someone else is driving. It takes her. They drive her off of a cliff or, you know, not maybe that's too much, but you know what I'm saying? Like she yeah. ends up scared for her life. Restaurant. Yeah. And or she's just scared for her life is the waiter. And she's like, Oh my God, what the fuck? Right. And runs off. And then the next week she's like, Hey, what happened to dinner? And Alexis Bliss is like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I just, I got, Hey, I owe it to you again. I waited this time. for you at the restaurant. You never. Yeah. Showed. And then, right. And we could have done this weird <sighs> stuff. Mm-hmm. And I would have made, you know, Bray Wyatt likes to bring in uh, caricatures of other people, right? There's a Vince McMahon character for a hot second. There was the Paul Heyman walrus. I thought it would have been cool if you would have played these mind games with Nikki Cross, just string her out with the wrong restaurant stuff. And then Nikki Cross brings, yeah, you bring in a Nikki Cross puppet and kill her like they did the frog, the friendship Mm -hmm. frog. And then Nikki Cross is like, Hold up. Is this you know, bitch going to kill me? It's a voodoo <laughs> yeah. doll shit. What are yeah. you doing? <laughs> yeah. Right. And I thought then, I was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I thought I was the nut. And then you have the payoff at a pay-per-view. But here's the point. Just as Bray Wyatt, when he touches anyone, they revert course, right? They just completely change who they are. Seth Rollins went from babyface to Messiah. Finn Balor went from uh, Raw to NXT. All of that stuff. Then Nikki Cross goes into what she was insanity where she's a fucking manic and she's running into the ropes. She can't hold her fucking excitement. She's just a psychopath. Yeah, this just she's done. And that's Alexa Bliss and Bray Wyatt have this touch on the roster. Mm -hmm. That's what I would want. I like that. I also like uh, where they went with this whole. Okay, so you team raw, you guys uh, clean sweep. So you guys and Randy Orton, the guy who was the previous title and didn't get his rematch, you guys are going to do this like square off, earn a, earn your way into a triple triple threat next week to see who, like, I like this. These little mini tournaments, these kind of things. AW did a little mini tournament. Mm-hmm. The world title eliminator to get his Kenny Omega. These things are great. These make sense, right? Here's like, a, oh, yeah, it makes sense, right? These five guys earn themselves a shot. Well, how do we take care of five guys? He's also got a rematch. Well, there hold we on. There's only four. Oh. If you recall, Braun Strowman headbutt Adam Pearce, and he got suspended. Sure, right, right, right. So what happens there? Does he cause this war path of, okay, Braun, Braun, fuck it, fine. You know what? Just stop beating up our staff. You get the title shot. Like, just fuck it. You and Drew McIntyre at TLC, and then it's a TLC match, Braun Strowman, Drew McIntyre. Huh? Eh. I mean... That because right the four guys they each had a match and so there are the two and then you get Randy Orton you get the victor and then maybe make it a triple threat where it's I won't be uh, well Randy Orton lost so it's AJ, it's AJ Riddle Styles. 
It's AJ Riddle and uh, Keith Lee. Yeah, I think right. Yeah, yeah, Keith Lee. Yeah. So let's get AJ Styles to win that match, and then at TLC for the championship, Drew McIntyre, AJ Styles, Braun Strowman TLC match. That's what happens. Book it. Book it. So I mean, Raw. Anything else stick out, or or SmackDown, Raw, SmackDown, WWE? Before we move into our. Uh... No, not necessarily. No, yeah, let's move into the contributor portion of uh, the Spanish announce table proper. All right, so, again, use hashtag tweet the table on Twitter. Follow us at Table Show. I'm at The Awesome Boys. He's at TMAC816 underscore, right? TMAC816. Underscore. You know, use hashtag tweet the table when you're thinking about wrestling, when you're watching wrestling, when you want to share your thoughts with the world, the table nation, as it were. And we're going to read some here. Uh, I've got 10. It is from four different folks uh, this week, right? We're hoping to get some more for We're rebuilding this segment. And I've got an email, kind of. Kind of. We'll get into that. You want me to save the email for last? Yeah, we typically do that. All right. All right, we're going to go through the tweet tables here. Let's start with this Undertaker stuff we talked about. So I'm going to read a couple different folks commented on it, so we'll get the different views and we'll kind of comment, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but let me find it here. All right, so at Theo75 says... With The Undertaker retiring, the Attitude Era is done. Rest in peace, Attitude Era. Thank you, Taker. Hashtag Tweet the Table. Triple H is still going. Yeah, right? that's what I was saying. It ain't. Triple H is still there for his one match a year kind of bullshit. Oh, and Edge. B double D four. Well, and Edge is still there. Edge is an Attitude guy. I consider him an Attitude guy. So, yeah. At B double D four says, yeah. I have zero feels right now for this Undertaker thing. Should have been over that night when Roman beat him. Plus, it's weird without fans. Thanks, COVID. Hashtag tweet the table. I mean, yeah. Well, that's... What are you going to do? Well, but yeah, I mean, fucking... That's not his fault, right? Like, I get it, but it is the, the... For as much as the last 10 years of his career was kind of bullshit with some of those stinkers and especially the... Goldberg matches and things of that nature. The Boneyard match was the perfect ending for his career. I I, I did think the Boneyard match was perfect. Yeah, well, and that's that'll wrap up our Undertaker talk here with at WIRCATA says, I just watched the Undertaker have a send-off and nobody interrupted to set up a match. So that's it, right? We don't need to see him anymore, right? No more fucking dragging his ass out for WrestleMania every year. No more matches. No more Sting versus Taker requests. Leave it there hashtag tweet the table you see this is the feeling we're getting this is what i'm talking about like it's like we're doing this again like there mm-hmm. is no final chapter you're making mm-hmm. you're looking for the final chapter there will never be it we just gotta stop well i think it's more because we just been burned so many times in the past i think yeah. that's where it comes from not necessarily the story it's well we know vince is gonna say you want six million dollars, and of course you want six million dollars or whatever the price tag is. Yeah. Um, let's hit Theo seventy five up. He's got the majority of these because he hammered them out, and and but there's a lot of good talking points that I want to get Tom's thoughts. Great on. job, Theo. Uh, at Theo seventy five says, why does WWE keep Jerry Lawler employed? He's a black hole on commentary slash talking hashtag tweet table. Well, that's probably because of merch agreements are easier when they have a legend deal with somebody. And for as much as he's a black hole on commentary, let's say this. He's not as bad as Jim Ross mm-hmm. at all. He does have some mishaps, but it's, at least he sounds like he wants to be there, where Jim Ross sounds like he's just mad at the world. 
And when you are in a pinch and someone has COVID or something happens here, you know, with this segment, he can be the host of a talk show. He can fill in on Raw. He can fill in on SmackDown. He's a great emergency emergency option. So I will say it makes sense. It's not great, but it makes sense. Well, he also says Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns was pure brutality made manifest. Awesome match. Eight out of ten. Hashtag tweet table. I don't think he can say made manifest. I think that's the same thing. Well, and I don't think it's eight out of ten. I'd give that six. Yeah, I don't know. That match was a little boring. I like that the in the face versus the heel match, they found a way for the heel to win. It was still cheating. The face looks, you know what I mean, like he would have won. He got cheated, mm-hmm. right? Okay, good. Uh, he also says Sami Zayn is going to be the Fidel Castro of WWE. Hashtag tweet the table. Sure looks I, like it. I love that. That was a highlight for from Survivor Series. I did forget about that until just right now. The her business is going to fucking mess with me. This is a conspiracy. And Sami Zayn continually just running around like, no, see, he's going to fucking hurt me. He's going to hurt me. Ref, ref, ref. And then running up the ramp and purposely tripping, uh, getting tripped by MVP where MVP's like, I didn't touch you, asshole. He's like, yeah, you did. You totally did, you dickhead. You know, like, I did like how Sami Zayn just instantly went in there and was like, everyone hates me here. And we're like, yeah, but we're still going to beat you up. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a martyr. I, I like Sami Zayn's character. Character. It's it's really well done. One thing I did want to uh, bring up, though, uh, going back to Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns, uh, that felt like a big match, champion versus champion. But this is how exhausting WWE storyline is, is that was a WrestleMania match, and I forgot it was a fucking WrestleMania match. When Roman Reigns came back from his uh, leukemia, that was his first uh, feud. I totally fucking forgot about it because it's just we churned through 10 million stories in one month. Anyhow, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I don't remember what WrestleMania matches are anymore unless there was like a big time storyline or or you know major event attached to it because like you said everything's churned through like we like oh, it's a WrestleMania match. Well, yeah, I mean because we've seen these guys wrestle 5000 times. Mm-hmm. Um at Theo 75 one more time says the Street Profits versus the New Day is napalm hashtag tweet the table. It was good. I thought it was really done uh well. But again, there's no, there was no payoff. As mentioned, yeah. we're we're recording this while uh, SmackDown is going on, so maybe there's some type of payoff with Big E telling the Street Profits, uh, you know, hey, you couldn't beat my friends twice or something like that, or the Street Profits rubbing it in Big E's face and that makes them snap. But there was no storyline to it, so it's forgettable yeah. in the long term. I, I think you're right. There's this Angelo Dawkins guy might have. You know what I mean? Like, we may be talking about him in the future in a couple of years. Like, he might be the, the guy out of the Street Profits that, that is the money, right? As opposed to the Angelo Dawkins, right? Or, or whatever. Wait a Angelo Dawkins versus um, uh, Montez Ford, excuse me. Uh, Montez Ford, you're saying that Angelo Dawkins, like the cool guy, is the money in it. Right. He's the guy who's yeah. going to be the star long term. But, you know, I I mean? think like, he's so. going to be the guy who's going to have a cane like career, right? Where we're like, man. This yeah. Guy. Montez Ford, yeah. though, I think his star is going to burn so quickly because it's just a little. Like the promo he cut before the New Day match talking about The Undertaker was just like, calm the fuck down, man. You're making me anxious. A little hot, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. Uh, at BDD4 says Roman is undoubtedly. 100% the head of the table. Loving this new Roman. Hashtag tweet the table. Yeah, I love the whole, the backstage when he was upset with Jey Uso and the way he like rationalized all that. And he's like, look, if they don't, 
if they can't respect you, they can't respect me. If they can't respect me, then they, you know what I mean? Like, just his whole, like, and I love how he, like, sent Jimmy off. He's like, no, 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 you can go. Yeah. You're staying That right was the here. part. And Jimmy went. It wasn't like Jimmy said, no, man, I'm staying here. He's like, okay, hey, 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 we're, we're cool. I'm, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. I just wonder who's going to be the one that sticks up for Jimmy. Or, excuse me, who sticks for up Jay. for Jay. Is there yeah, going to be weird. someone? Or does Jay say, like, stay out of it? I'll, I'll fucking fight my own battles. It's going to be interesting where the – who – it could be Daniel Bryan. I don't know. Dude, they just, keep booking Jay hot, man. They are, like – everybody's working for Jay, dude. Everybody's mm-hmm. selling for this guy. Mm-hmm. He's great. It's interesting. It's interesting because, like, I mean, it's the Usos. And for all, for all we know, like, both are still going to be around. I didn't think Jimmy's out forever, right? Like, he didn't have a career-ending injury that I'm aware of. Uh, so it's interesting that all this attention is on Jay, but, like, I'm here for it. He's good. He's taking it well. I like it. Yeah, I, I like it too. Uh, I just wonder, not not necessarily where the end is, but you can only do so much of Roman psycho fucks, you know, mind fucks Jay to get him to do his own to do his stuff for him. You know what I'm saying? So I wonder who's going to step up and help Jay psychologically. So I, maybe you pause that, let him grow his thing, run the the tribe for a while, whatever we call it, right? The family, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, you revisit, like, that that's how he treats Jay and yeah. then have that payoff when Jay's finally breaking off of a longer-term storyline, right? Right. Maybe, yeah. All right, at WIRCATA says, I'd love to see Lashley as the WWE champ, MVP as the U.S. champ, and Shelton and Cedric as tag champs. You'll see them taking all the titles on Raw, like running the her business, the her business running Raw. MVP as U.S. champ, uh, I'm not too into. I again, w- the last time that I can remember when we talked about Impact Wrestling being anything of need to watch kind of content was when Bobby Lashley was champion and he was doing those pull ups and MVP and I think it was. Um, Oh, who was the guy? Uh, now he's in Ring of Honor. Um, I can't even think of his fucking name. But when MVP was talking about how Bobby Lashley, look at this fucking uh-huh. Greek god. Like, that's the Bobby Lashley with MVP as his talking piece that I want to see as champion. It's just Bobby doesn't even talk. He almost does Brock Lesnar type things where he's just fucking, I don't know, squat thrusting fucking rings and shit. And MVP's like, can you believe it? Money is booming, you know, and just fucking awesome. All right, final one at Theo seventy five. Kenny King, that was his fucking name. I couldn't Kenny think of King, his name. Yep. Kenny King. Okay. At Theo seventy five rounds out our hashtag tweet the table, and remember, you two can get in on the conversation with the Table Nation for Pro Wrestling's best podcast, the Spanish Announce Table. Uh, use hashtag tweet the table on Twitter. Theo seventy five says, hopefully, we will get more. Don West making cameos on the Spanish announce table. Hashtag tweet the table. Uh, well, yeah. I tell you what, here we go. We got free shirts. We got two for one on this Thanksgiving special. We're going to give you all the table show shirts you can ask for. I tell you what, and if you don't like that, I've got a cannon that'll shoot it in your asshole. <laughs> Don West here, TNA all the way. Hey, where's Mike today? Mike, Mike, Mike. You sound exactly like Don West. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, I tell you what, this is some great oh action. I can't believe it. Abyss with the big power slam on AJ Styles. Oh Scott my god, is Steiner. that? Oh my god, is that James Storm walking out? Oh, I tell you what, Jeff Jarrett in the asylum. Chris Harris. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got an email. 
God, he was the worst. Hold on. He was the fucking worst. Yeah, Don West was bad. Mm -hmm. How did that motherfucker have a job speaking into a microphone? Jesus Christ. Okay. It's real bad. (laughs) Uh, We have an email, and we don't really have an email. All right, so we've done. We have an email, but we don't. If you want to email the show, right? Tweet the table was fun. We just went through those. But if you, you know, you can't abridge your your conversation into to whatever the character limit is now. Hundred and sixty. You can send us an email. Tableshow at gmail.com. If you forget that, you can go to SpanishAnnounceTable.net. There's a contact link right at the top. There's a little contact form. It'll send us the email. I copy and pasted a YouTube comment that I had missed that we should address into that and send it to our emails. So we have an email from a YouTube page called My Block Strongest Man. My Block Strongest Man is a YouTube page who is a loyal listener to the show, uh, is a fan of our show. He also has a YouTube page called My Block Strongest Man where he goes around showing folks how, hey, you can keep motivated, you can keep working out, you can kind of keep, you know what I mean, you can still lift stuff around, you can find ways to work out with stuff you have around you, right? My Block Strongest Man. So check him out. He follows us, subscribes to us, check him out. Yeah, Uh, definitely. That's awesome. And he said, we we had discussed Kenny Omega in one of the videos, and he said, I've heard Kenny Omega referred to as the best wrestler in the world over the last few years, and I'm interested in your take on how that is calculated, in quotations, only in terms of in-ring performance. For example, I would say Bret Hart is my favorite in-ring performer of all time because his moveset wasn't too outlandish, but still spectacular. The crisp punching was a sight to behold, and I think his selling was great. But the vast majority of the wrestling community would rate Shawn Michaels above him. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can respond here, or maybe an idea for a future video. Uh, whew, I don't know if my block strongest man has been a longtime listener of this show to know where we fall on Bret Hart. That guy. Oh, I tell you what. Why do I gotta always be underneath Shawn Michaels? That guy. I don't even want to talk about him. He was a dick. So now Bret Hart, we think was a bit of a whiny crybaby. He was this. We think he was also one of the guys who likes to smell his own farts. I think that we alluded to earlier. I don't oh think he verbalizes it in that terms. Mm-hmm. But look, he was what. What they used to brag about, he was Germany's favorite athlete running four years in a row or whatever, right? Like, you know, he was not bad. He was definitely one of the best in the business at the time at what he did, the Hart family, its lineage, its athletic prowess can't be denied, right? We're not going to deny that. Um, But the reason we would play Shawn Michaels is because, again, we watch the performance art of professional wrestling. And there are, I might put 50 people before Bret Hart, Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in the performance art of professional wrestling in a well-rounded aspect. Kenny Omega would be on that list of 50 people above Bret Hart. Um, I don't know that I would call Kenny Omega the best in the world, but he's probably one of the top 10, and I would just have to say that because like, I don't I don't know him as well as I know some others because he wasn't on U.S. television for a large portion of that time. Um, what do you here, think here, here? Well, here's... this. I struggle with this a lot. I struggle with it a ton because while I don't necessarily want to watch Elegante taking on Undertaker at WrestleMania, right? At WrestleMania nine or uh, WrestleMania, whatever it was, I will fact check here, but like, or great Collie versus Undertaker is not a fucking entertaining match. So there has to be some barrier of quality pro wrestling, right? But I don't watch pro wrestling for the pro wrestling, if that makes sense. 
one of my all-time favorites. If you were to look at my top five favorites, a lot of them are basic wrestlers. Stone Cold, Hulk Hogan, you know, Shawn Michaels had his stuff, but like what they got you to the ring was everything else. Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Vince McMahon was dog shit wrestling at St. Valentine's Day Massacre. But I tell you fucking what, I was glued to my fucking TV and on the, the edge of my seat. Right, the NWO. None of that fucking wrestling was good. None of it was good. But None I watched each good. Yeah, but I watched each week because wrestling to me is there is an aspect of in the ring. You 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 ring the, the bell, you wrestle. But anyone, especially in 2020, anyone can there's no move that let's just say AJ Styles is considered the greatest, right? There's no move in 2020 that AJ Styles is doing that the Regal twins also can't do. Right. And the, the Regal top twins isn't doing. Yeah, the top flight isn't doing. And they're not on your fucking television, the Regal Twins. They're on New Japan, which you should definitely check it out. But what I'm saying, they're not on Raw. They're not on SmackDown. But they can do move for move everything that AJ Styles is doing. So, again, to me, wrestling is more than just you ring the bell, you do some moves, someone gets a win, someone gets a loss. It's promos. It's it's advancements of storytelling. It's what you do post-match. It's what you do pre-match. It's your entrance. It's the whole thing. That's why Bret Hart, to your to like what you were saying to back up what you said, he's not even in my top 20. He has some amazing matches that I really like watching. The one with Mr. Perfect. The one with Shawn Michaels. I mean, there's dozens of Shawn Michaels ones. Uh, the ones with Undertaker. The ones His that brother. even have yeah, Owen Hart. The ones at WrestleMania 10 or the one at WrestleMania 10. So I'm not saying like he's bad and I wouldn't rewatch his matches, but I've never went back and said, you know what fucking promo you got to hear from Bret Hart other than the one where he got mad and he just started doing WCW and spitting at things. That's, that was a shoot, right? But like pro wrestling is more than just, can he do an Irish whip? Can he do an arm drag? Like fuck off. They can all do that shit. Can he fucking get me into the building? Can he make me want to tune in? You know? MJF right now to me is way better than AJ Styles. And I love AJ Styles. Longtime listeners know exactly how much I love him. But if you say, hey, next up after the commercial break, it's AJ Styles on Raw or you know on NXT and next up on AEW Dynamite, it's MJF. I'm going to go to Ditto. MJF. Ditto. That Without is a what, second thought. Without yeah. even and again, even if it wasn't announced, if they were like, AJ Styles is going to be on NXT, you'd be like, what? And they were like, MJF's going to be on AEW. Like, well, I'll watch AEW. MJF. I'm going to MJF. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, because and if it's a match, it's a promo, whatever it is, I know MJF is going to be entertaining. And that's what I get at with like these people with the, the ratings of matches and what who the fuck cares about them? Like, again, not who the fuck cares, but like the, the match is one aspect of pro wrestling. You got to do it all to me, pal. Like, you got to you got to. Fucking bring the whole picture in. Britt Baker, as, another. It is one act of the theater. Exactly. A, another it's great one example. One act of the play. Yeah. Britt Baker. I am tuning in ten times out of ten for a Britt Baker segment over any King Corbin segment. The waiting segment. room. Yeah. The waiting room. We forgot to talk about that. That's a yeah, great, on dark. Like like where it's like a Piper's Pit versus mm-hmm. like the Britt Baker waiting room is money. I will tune into that before I'll turn into a Britt Baker match. 
Well, but even if you say Britt Baker's wrestling, I'm going to say something's going to happen here. If you tell yes. me again, another great example of what I'm trying to convey to the audience here that's listening uh, is if you say a Britt Baker match is going up against a new day tag team match, I'm going Britt Baker 10 times out of 10 in November, 2020, because it's right. more entertaining. I do not care that you're going to see a 650 frog splash blockbuster as the finisher. I want to see something that gets me invested. And that's what I wish people yeah. would, would understand, at least for me. Another aspect of what you're talking about, where, like you said, AJ Styles can do all these moves. Kofi can do all these moves, but so can any independent wrestler that we've seen. Mm -hmm. Also, Kofi can do all the moves, but I've seen all the moves. Nobody showed me a move that I haven't seen, I think, in five plus years. Like, are, are we like, I mean, seriously, it isn't some form of variation. Everything's been done. Right? Yeah. Everything's been done. You might come new variation of a neckbreaker pile driver, but it's just that. Right? Like we've already done everything we can do. So it, you have to give me a reason to care about who's winning and who's losing. And that's yeah. where Bret Hart didn't do a whole lot of that for me ever. Yeah, because they were ever. they were just really entertaining matches, cool, great. I'm kind of done. But yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin would give you right hands, a stunner. And then yell in your face, but then he would get jumped, or he would then pour well, he beer might throw on someone. A belt or, off a bridge, or he might. yeah, there was things, and that's what pro wrestling is. It's way more than just in ring work rate. I don't give a flying fuck about that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like that's important and it matters. It, again, but going yeah. back to what I initially said, there's a huge difference between Kali and Undertaker fucking walking around on stilts and shits? some yeah. <laughs> And some real shit there. So I'm saying you have to have a certain caliber of coherent wrestling. But once you've reached that, and again, most people have, you got to do the rest of the shit. Yeah. So that was our emails. Tableshow at gmail.com. You see, you see why this is great, though? We got yeah, a deep awesome. conversation about Bret Hart that we would not have gotten about. And check out World's Strongest Man, or my block Strongest Man, excuse me, <laughs> not Mark Henry. He's his block Strongest Man. Mm-hmm. Mark Henry doesn't live on his block, from what I'm to understand. Um, if he does, you might need to change your YouTube title name. Uh, but check him out. Check us out. We're on the YouTube also, SpanishDownsTable.net, for all the links, all our social medias, our TikToks, our Twitters, our Facebooks. Follow us all over the place. Follow us all over the place. Give us money. Donate through the PayPal. <laughs> buy some stuff on our merch link, right? I mean, just give yeah. us money. Buy some just merchandise. Yeah, buy some merchandise. Money. No, buy, buy some, some merchandise, merchandise and take a picture if you're wearing it or if you give it as a gift and they wear it. Uh, let us know. You don't even have to buy our brand of merchandise. I've got some some suggestion ads up on the on the web page of some stuff you can buy on Amazon or there's an Amazon link where you can go buy anything you want and we'll get a kickback from that too. But our merchandise is up there as well. Yeah, buy our shit. Our stuff looks cooler than anything you're going to find on Amazon. Yeah, that anything. is for sure. Yep. Anything. So buy that and uh, I guess God, see us next week, right? Happy Thanksgiving. The Spanish announce table.